Welcome to the Good Athlete Podcast, the voice of the Good Athlete Project. Jay Savetti is the head football coach at Tufts University. We get into most of his football bio in the podcast, but one thing he's too humble to mention is that in 2016, he was the Gridiron Club of Greater Boston's Division III Coach of the Year. We met four or five years ago. It was clear that he brought an intensity to the game that I could immediately identify with. The guy was tough, competitive, and wanted to win, but not at the expense of player development. Jay is intelligent, thoughtful, and kind, and prioritizes the development of his players as people above all else. If results and relationships are the measure of a coach, Jay is well beyond the pack. His players speak incredibly highly of him. And as far as the results go, he took a struggling Tufts program, which was at the bottom of the NESCAC, to a point where, year in and year out, they are competing for a conference championship. Find out how we got there and more in this week's episode. Um, I got really lucky um, with where I'm at and, and how, how I got here. I, um, Came from a coaching family. My mom was a high school coach. She coached uh, field hockey, basketball, and lacrosse. Um, and around uh, here, yeah, at a, a local uh, private school in Ma- in, uh, in Massachusetts. Mm-hmm. Um, so from literally the day I was born, I've, I've been around coaching. Uh, you know, my dad coached me in baseball and CYO was actually a coach when I was born as well. Um, so it was always, you know, I was always, I guess, a part of it. I mean, it was certainly my mom. I think that. You know, day in and day out, I was always with, you know, I was there. Yeah. Um, and so I, I think there was always, it was always in the blood. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, you know, I, I went to a, a local private school here and, and was really surrounded in an environment where the culture was being a part of a team, being a part of a sport, you know, the investment of, of, of that experience and um, was really, really lucky to be surrounded by some great coaches. Um, you know, my uncle who was at, at Belmont Hill for 30 some odd years uh, was someone who's been really important in my life and taught me a lot. My high school football coach Kevin Fleming was another guy who um, just instilled a lot of a lot of the appropriate values. I think it, it takes to just be a I don't know, a, a good person first yep. and foremost, and someone that kids can um, look to in hard times, and then at the same time as someone who is hard in times mm-hmm. when they need to be hard. You know, like that that balance I think is important. That um, balance is hugely important. I don't yeah. want to cut you off, but yeah. that's I I we think. You can only push as much as you like have demonstrated that you care. Kind of, yeah. if you're if you're just the one side, then not only does, is it not effective, but you're just kind of a jerk. Anyway, yeah, I, and I think kids matters. kids kids gonna shut you off, and yeah. you know. But again, it's that trust and respect that you got to earn and get. And I, I mm-hmm. was very fortunate to be a part of that. I went on to Trinity College and played there for Don Miller, uh, and then uh, Bill Decker and Chuck Priori, uh, three totally different people, and learned a tremendous amount from them. Uh, actually came out of Trinity with a job with a IT consulting firm in Boston. Um, graduated, you know, middle May, early May. Was supposed to start like the first of June. I had a, my younger brother was a, like a freshman in high school, mm-hmm. and I went with him to like captain's practice over at the high school he was at. And I was out on the field, and I'm like, the, I'm the, this. I need to. I need more of this, right? Yeah. <laughs> So I went and uh, I decided without telling anybody that I wasn't mm-hmm. going to go take this. Uh, well, I, I had already decided I wasn't going to go to the IT Down consulting there, yeah, job. Yeah. So I started doing some investigating. And I, I uh, ended up 
getting a job as a head freshman football coach at another local high school. Great. For like an eighth of the salary, mm-hmm. no benefits, <laughs> nothing that you know that I would have had with this nice, cushy, uh, not cushy, but really, it was a really good job, right? Yeah. And I turned it. To, I, I went in. I met with the boss, the guy that hired me. I said, "Look, this just isn't going to be for me. This is, mm-hmm. I'm not going to do something I'm not committed to." Yada yada yada. Yeah. Went home, told my parents. They thought I was nuts. Uh, <laughs> was at uh, Milton High for. Uh, a couple weeks, and literally like the week before school started, the vice principal came out onto the football field. Where's Coach Savetti? Like, oh God, what did I do? Yeah. Uh, ended up turning out into a teaching job that I had for two years, mm-hmm. um, and got to coach football at Milton High and coach uh, women's track, which was incredibly uh, instrumental, I think, in, in yeah. my development as a coach. Uh, coaching women uh, at that, you know, in that stage of their lives and in track in like an individualized sport, mm-hmm. I learned a tremendous, tremendous amount. Um, and needed to get my master's degree. Got really lucky, uh, got connected with uh, a coach at Boston College. They had a GA job there um, and was really, really fortunate. Jerry Peter Kuski brought me in. I helped with recruiting for Coach O'Brien for uh, a couple of years and then um, moved up in the offensive uh, GA position, worked with Dana Bible, who has really taught me a tremendous amount about football and about being a coach and um, what, what position were you? GA so I, I was so I, with Coach O'Brien, Coach Bible coached the quarterbacks and the wide receivers. Okay. So the GA coaches the wideouts. Gotcha. Um, I guess you earn it, you know, as depending mm-hmm. on your level mm-hmm. of uh, of coaching ability. Um, and then we went to NC State. I went for another year with those guys, and then um, you know after being a GA and making you know less than. Fifteen thousand dollars a year, or whatever, right. for six years. Uh, it was time. Um, <laughs> yeah, and you know, interviewed a lot of places and met a lot of people, and ultimately wanted to get closer to home. And there was a job here, and came here in two thousand eight, and then two thousand eleven became the interim head coach. And yeah, what was that first job? I was a tech, I was technically the offensive coordinator. Yeah, um, you know, Bill Samko, who was the head coach here. He and I had a great relationship. He's the O line coach at uh, Bentley right now. Nice. Um, you know, and he had been someone who had been the head coach here for 17 years. Um, really good guy, and um, brought me in, and that's that's how I came to Tufts. Yeah, um, there was another guy here, John Walsh, who's the head coach out of Pomona College, who had told Sammy that I was looking, and that's that's how I got connected. So, um, yeah, and then 2011 became the interim, and then about three quarters of the way through the season, became the full time head coach, and been here since. That's so. amazing. And for anyone who has not been following, yeah. Uh, can you tell us a little bit about the turnaround that we've already talked about? Sure. Uh, so in 2000, in 2000 and, uh, gosh, now I'm, now I'm feeling old. So uh, 2009, uh, let's just start with 10. I think 10 we went 2-6. 2011 we went 1-7. and seven. Um, Again, that was that first game that we lost the, the seven left in that year. Mm-hmm. Uh, in 2011 I became the interim uh, head coach that season. We went 0-8, 12 we went 0-8, uh, and 13 we went 0-8. And, eight. and uh, during that time, there was um, some of those losses, literally uh, balls on the two-yard line, streaks about to end, uh, you know, 15 seconds left in the game, and we throw an interception on the mm. two-yard line. Yeah. Um, you know, uh, there were games we had, uh, we were on, you know, on national television with a 100-yard interception return and a 99-yard interception return uh, in the same game. Um, you know, again, another opportunity to win the game, and that's mm-hmm. how one of the streaks continued. 
Um, we always, you know, were, were, I think teams would come in and not that they wouldn't respect you, but, you know, they mm-hmm. they weren't as amped up or as focused for you. And, you know, we, we always played tough. We always played physical. Yeah. And we found ourselves in some really, really great games, um, but we just weren't good enough to win yet, you mm-hmm. know, um, mentally and physically. Uh, and then in 2014, September 20th, uh, Hamilton College came here and um, uh, with about – you know, a minute or so, two minutes left in the game, I turned around behind me and I'd, I'd never seen the stand so full. Um, never heard a crowd here so loud. Um, and uh, we ended up beating Hamilton. And uh, they they stormed the fields. Yeah. Um, yeah. It, was, it was surreal. It was amazing. Our kids, I was just so proud of our program and our kids and, and our school. You know, the dean of admissions tackled me on the field. Uh <laughs> you know people were there were moms hopping fences i mean it was yeah. it was uh it, there are people who 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 have written emails to me professors students parents of alums people who had no affiliation with the football program directly mm-hmm. about their college experience here that that's one of their lasting memories wow. of when tufts ended the longest active losing streak in the nation yeah um which was 31 games um uh what that what that experience was like yeah. you know and that stuff i mean you, know, you don't, you, you don't prepare for that. No. You know, uh, one of the things, one of the stories about it. Um, there's a picture. I think I didn't know there was a video. There's a video online uh, that I didn't know there was a camera in there. But you know, I I had counted the days. You know, how many days our streak had, had gone. Uh, mm-hmm. I've since forgot it, so don't ask me. Uh, on purpose. Uh, sometimes numbers are good to remember, but sometimes you know you need to let them go. Um, but all of a sudden, as I was addressing the team, Coach Fusillo, who's our wide receivers coach at Bellamy since the beginning. His son was a two-time captain here as well. Anthony coaches over at Harvard. Um, coach Fusillo popped a bottle of champagne and put it, poured it all over me. And uh, what I found out was that, uh, sorry, coach, uh, coach brought that bottle to every game. Seriously? For three straight years. Holy cow. Uh, and, you know, that, you know, yeah, that's, and I had no idea, right, you know, thing. that was something he brought, you know, for like, you know, when your first game, you know, we'll get yeah. that ball, you know, like, he's a guy that was a, he's in the Massachusetts Football Hall of Fame here, you know, and yeah. high school coaches have Hall of Fame, you know, so he, and he was a head coach for 30 some odd years, and, you know, he knows, but I think that bottle represents a lot of, mm-hmm. you know. A lot of us and a lot of people and a lot of things and that's you know you talk about stories that's something that not a lot of people know right yeah they just sell a bottle of champagne like great right. like you know the hamilton guys are probably pissed at us because they thought that you know, he, he <laughs> knew it was coming and right, had it yeah. waiting little they yeah. know that's been in a bag and you know <laughs> yeah. wrapped Every in uh, bubble wrap every... for uh you know 30 30 you know 24 24 straight games wow um you know and that's uh that's that's kind of how the the pat the, the story went i guess yeah, absolutely pretty incredible yeah and then, and then just you know since then uh we were four and four that year mm-hmm. uh six and two the following year and then uh, seven and one uh the year after that and then this past season we were five and four yeah so, so i mean really you mentioned um not that class but these graduating seniors are the third what was it they had the third, third act most of, wins? yeah the third most wins in the history of the program all time you know um at 23 you know it's uh 
they added a ninth game this year, so maybe there'll always be an asterisk uh, from, yeah, from here enough. on forward. You know, <laughs> yeah. you got you got to give credit. I think the other part is anytime before, like I think it was like nineteen seventy two or three. You know, freshmen weren't allowed to yeah. to play, so right. technically, there's probably an, you know. The guys, the guys from the past are probably going to be mad at me that I said that as well. But, you know, uh, give credit where credit's due. For sure. Uh, Either way, it's a really exciting and encouraging turnaround. I mean, sure. that seven in one season was amazing. Yeah. Like, I feel it was, yeah. even from afar, I can't yeah. imagine what it was like to be a part of. But um, what, so what made, um, what was, would you say, you mentioned uh, number 45 up there. Yeah, Tommy. Yeah. There was a, there were certain um, individual catalysts. You certainly are one of the catalysts, you know, in terms of um, approach to the game. Oh. What were some of the, um, what were some of the tangible lessons? That might be hard, man, because uh. like I said, it, they all just, they stack <laughs> up. You know, there, there are learning moments, uh, countless learning moments throughout the course of a season, much less three or six seasons. Um but what are some of the things that are like sort of tried and true? This is what we're about. This mm -hmm. is the messaging that we give our kids. Sure. Um, what were some of those? Sure. Um, I think the biggest thing that I've learned in, in what we stuck with is just the clarity, right? You know, here here's the standard of performance. Here are the expectations, right? Um, uh, you know, he, here's here are the things that, from my standpoint and the staff standpoint, that that we we expect of you, right? Mm -hmm. uh, on the field, off the field. I think that mindset of being a champion, right? You know, I, I think. You need to be honest, right? You need to say it. Mm -hmm. You need to say it. we we expect to put a ring on your finger. Like we expect, like that is that is a that is a goal. That's it's not it's the goal. Right. It's a goal. But I think that championship mindset mm -hmm. on the field, you know, in the classroom, in the community, you know, I expect you to be a great person. Totally. Right. You know, I think it comes down to, you know, Lou Holtz's three things of you know, can I trust you? Are you committed to excellence? And do you care? Mm -hmm. You know, I think those three standards of can play into a lot of different. You know, they fit into a lot of holes, right? On the field, off the field, and in the classroom. You know, and that's that's an area here, thankfully, at a place like Tufts, where you, you can hold true to that. You mm -hmm. know, we've got Absolutely. great people. Um, if you don't have that standard in the classroom, then you're not going to be successful here, right? I love being in a place where you can sell. Hey, school's going to be one A. Mm -hmm. That championship, like I, that's great. But you know, to your point of the of the pyramid of no chocolate, you know, yeah, right, right. Get your butt in the classroom and, yeah. and kick. Like I expect you to kick ass in the classroom. Right. I expect that same effort, attitude, and toughness, which we we preach. You know, in terms of our pillars, like mm -hmm. you know, like that 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 same approach when you come down here for two hours a day or Saturdays from one to four. That's the same thing I expect in, in, in the classroom. Yeah. And in the recruiting process, I think the thing we've learned is I'll say if that's if that's not what you want, don't come here. Yeah. Like I don't want you won't succeed. There's the clarity. Yeah. You, you know, gotta like, be upfront like here, that. Here, here, here's what it is. If if this is exciting to you and you want it, like let's go. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's you know, I, it's no different than any I think you hear a million coaches talk. You've sure. not just football, right? That's just part of it. But I think I think understanding what Tufts is, mm -hmm. having the infrastructure that allows us to 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 exist that way, yeah, and then surrounding yourself with coaches and people that get that, believe in that, and that want to promote that, and then ultimately f recruiting those kids that want to be in that structure, you know. And is it always perfect? No, you know, right. it's it's not. Um, but it's uh, it's um, it's it's worked thus far, and. You know, I think the other parts of it for for us as a staff is always like, all right, well, like I like we started the conversation about is, 
you know, are, are those, do those work? They worked for us in 2015. They worked for us in 2016, right? But do they work for us going into 2018? I think you always have to be mindful of, right. hey, here are certain things that are going to stay and exist. But then do the behaviors for the 2015 crew match the behaviors for the 2018 right. crew? Do, and, and why do they? Like, why? Mm -hmm. Good or bad? Sure. Absolutely. We call that the anchor and tether method. Meaning like you, you're, you're anchored into certain principles, but you let the rope out a little bit more or less depending on the, um, whatever the group might look like. Cool. Absolutely. Yeah. I'm all, uh, yeah, that's, so that's, I think those are the things that I've learned during it, mm -hmm. you know, that I think of are, are clear. Uh, and, and I think I've, I've, every year I've just tried to get more clarity, be, be, be more specific about what is effort. Yeah. This is, I'm not right. going to define it. Like what I'm not just going to put it on a board. Mm-hmm. Right? It, you can't yeah. just make a poster. Like, that's mm -hmm. not, that doesn't work. Mm -hmm. I've tried that. The other thing that doesn't work, don't, the parking, like, magic parking spaces don't end streaks either. I'll tell you right now. Like, uh, superstitions, like, they, it doesn't work. I've tried what, everything. What is a magic parking space? Well, just like, you know, someone's like, oh, well, if I park in this space, oh, we win gotcha, the game. Oh, gotcha, gotcha, right? gotcha. Yeah, if yeah. I eat this meal. We, we, Those it, don't work? No. Oh, no. I mean, okay. they, they might they might make you feel um, like you can perform better, uh -huh. right? And that you have some some structure and confidence that way, which is great, but they don't, uh, trust me. You lose, it you lose 31 straight. There's a lot of things you try. Park anywhere you want. Yeah, yeah. just just park. That's park, funny. Park the best. We do park park the best that you can yeah, park. Just yeah, just be the best parker out there. That's yeah. that's actually a really good way to do it. We we talk about superstition a lot actually because it's so it's rampant in sports, right? Yeah. And um, especially when things are going well or not so well, mm -hmm. because you you think you convince yourself that that's one thing with so much that's not under your control. That's one thing that's under your control. Mm -hmm. So if you want to take ownership great but to uh put all your eggs in the, ba the basket that that's going to change something is certainly not going to do it it's a placebo i mean Absolutely. it really is it's yeah. but you know at the same time it's, it's valid i get it yeah but it doesn't actually guarantee you victories i can i can promise it does that not all right i'm gonna make a note of that <laughs> uh the pregame yeah. meal of um, skittles but yeah I, and i and i and i think the 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 other conversations the other pieces of things is again it's i'm, I'm big on yeah, uh, you know, it's always worth your while to be at your best. You know, mm -hmm. I, I think regardless of the task, um, you know, and and what I've translated that into is is your best is our best. You know, like actually, I think I probably have the shirt on right now that I think about it. So, I, uh, you know, like huh. your best is yeah. our best. So try to like that is the shirt of an English major. By yeah, the way. right. I'm trying like to connect. Yeah, <laughs> connect the you know, the the hey if. If you're giving your all, you know, it's making us better, right? Um, I, I think that part, that commitment to team, that that focus on, because you're going you're gonna to need those people and those people are going to need you. Yeah. That's probably the thing that I've learned the most during that time. Yeah. Right? As the head coach, I'm not, I wasn't the reason we were going to win. Mm -hmm. Right? I was part of it. Sure. But I wasn't the reason. Totally. You know? Um but you had to be I, I'll best. accept that I I was the reason we lost because that's my job. Fair enough. Right. You know, I'm not going to go there uh, mm -hmm. and say not just, you know, because I'm just stubborn. But the reality of it is I wasn't the only reason. Sure. Um, right. But in this position, you have to be to a certain mm -hmm. extent. Um, but, yeah, I think th those things that that the, the commitment to team, the mm -hmm. part of the legacy piece, and then being really simplistic about what those standards are. Yeah. And then equipping each team with the behaviors that you expect within the, right. within those standards to achieve that result that outcome that that you really want you know that's
I think it's huge. Yeah. I think it's huge. And, and one thing that I'm that we're always really interested in is transfer. So like what from playing football is going to actually make you a better person in the way people suggest it might. Uh, and in enforcing the idea of excellence uh, or giving your best in the classroom, in the community, whatever it might be, that seems like the way. That's a very clear demonstration. It's also occurring to me that like, you, like you don't win championships on accident. The Patriots aren't backing into this thing, tripping and falling in championships. Um, you give your best regularly, no matter where you are on campus, mm -hmm. and that's uh, you know. And then the product, sort of, um, like we mentioned earlier, is a result of that process. I wonder, you as a player, hmm. um, is there anything? Uh, can you give us a little bit about your playing career and how maybe some of the mindsets or the or the uh, habits that you picked up as a player have transferred into your coaching? Yeah, I think that's all. I was a terrible teammate. Hmm. I, you know, I I and not in like a not in a malicious way. Sure. But I think I've you learned shoving that like people into lockers and things. No, 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 no. I I was I was a great team. I was an uh like I wanted to go so hard and mm -hmm. so fast. And I played offensive line, right? Yeah. I I I did not like I was a distraction for it was this kid Buck Blanchard who was our center in every play. Buck was a year old and he was our captain my senior year, freshman uh, junior year. You know he was having to grab me and pull me away from something. You know like I it, and I don't mean to say that like I, I, but I didn't understand. Like I wasn't I wasn't um, I played for my teammates so I wasn't a bad teammate that way. Sure. You know I ended up having a great honor being captain at Trinity College, which was a, a tremendous program and Absolutely. really really proud of that. Um, but I think I could have been so much better. Yeah. And not, I'm not even talking as a player. Mm -hmm. I was okay. I was a you know I was I was very fortunate. Had a great career. I played every game in my college career and grateful for that opportunity. But like I could have been such a better teammate. Mm -hmm. I could have been such a better captain. I could have been, you know. I, I and I think I look back. I don't regret like what I did or why I did it because at the time I thought I was doing everything I could. Yeah. But I really wish that. Um, I, I, I wish that I was better than I was, hmm. you know, and not even, like, in the play. I, I think I did my job when the ball was snapped. and Right. But, like, I think I could have done more. Yeah. You know, and I think that's something for me. Um, but I, but then again, I think I learned a lot of lot of things from the guys around me. I, I learned so much from those teammates. I learned so much from Buck. I learned so much from guys like Joe. I mean, I can list, you know, for sure. all those experiences, those yeah. guys. What would you say to that kid on your team now? To the to the you yeah. on the Tufts team. Yeah, um, I, I I would I would I don't know if I don't know if he would hear it. Mm. I I would probably try to. You know that's interesting because I haven't had that that person yet. No, it's a lie. No, I did. I I did two years ago. Now that I think of it, um, I went to his teammates mm. because had Buck said it to me in a different way than he did, like. You know, like, or yeah. and not to put it on Buck, not to say no, it's him, no. but like I, I probably would have listened more than when my coach would say it to me. Yeah. Ultimately, right. you know, I mean, I think I think I had a couple coaches who put it in perspective in their own way. Sure. But I think what I realized was that I didn't realize how much it was affecting the other guys around me. Yeah. You know, my response was creating these events for these kids. That, like I just, you know. Yeah. You know, Buck's got to get the play line up, call the protection or the blocking scheme and like you sure. know where's Savetti like who's Savetti tussling with you know now <laughs> yeah. right you know yeah um that's an interesting so. way to go about it I think uh so often you know coaches want to be right coaches want to be right 
I think it's, in some ways it's their job to write is a flexible word, of course, mm-hmm. but but uh, sometimes being quotes right mm-hmm. is uh, handing off the messaging or the delivery of the message to people who they'll they might actually listen to. It's a, it's the same way uh, at the high school level, parents might lean on coaches. Um, I think at the college level, what I've seen as a as a player and being associated in whatever way I have, coaches leaning on players, it can sometimes be an incredibly valuable resource. The, the truth is like peer pressure mm-hmm. is a is a very real and effective thing. It could go, you know, peer pressure obviously has a negative connotation. We're not leading people down destructive paths, but to empower young leaders to uh, talk to the teammates um, in certain ways seems like a really interesting way to go about it. Was that pretty successful when you did that yeah. here? Yeah, I mean, I think it just, it's, it's there's just more ownership to it, mm-hmm. right? A, it makes his teammates more aware of the problem. Right. It lets them know that I'm aware of the problem. So they're not on their own. Sure. You yeah, know, that's like, right. And I would say, if you need me, I'm here. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm a, I, I think I, I, ca- I casually... I, I think if I needed to step in and say something, I would have. Mm-hmm. Um, but again, I don't know how effective it would have been. Right. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm big in visuals. I think making sure... I think it's important as the coach to say... to to make people aware of those things when they're not doing a great job. But yeah. I don't know, you know, I, I think for some kids, maybe a coach says something and they jump in there, yeah, coach, whatever right. you need. But, like, are they going to really learn why? Mm-hmm. And are they really going to be as invested to it as if it's their teammates saying, hey, look, man, you're, you know, you're killing me. Right. Like, and I think for our for our kids nowadays, like, that's a, if a, if a 18 to 22 year old kid can learn how to do that now, right. think how effective they're going to be when they oh, graduate yeah. from here to have that ability, you know, because it, I think if you avoid conflict, it, it's a guarantee for dysfunction, right? No question. You know, and if you can no teach question. a kid that fierce conversations and like, and attacking conflict yeah. for a positive, hopefully positive outcome, right? you know, for the right reasons, uh-huh. again, and then you're teaching a kid how to communicate, how to be clear, how to be, you know, how to show somebody, again, that those three things of, you know, can I trust you? Right. Are you committed to excellence and do you care? If that's how you approach that conversation, you, can, I, I think 18, 20, 22-year-old kids can understand that. Mm-hmm. And then if you can teach them to actually communicate with one another, not via text or right. that way, um, you know, you, you might have a shot. You know what? That is so right. And people, when people talk about like life lessons through sports, if you want, if we are actually bringing people up to be leaders, mm. then avoiding confrontation is is not a recipe for that sort of success down the line. We often say, like, the only problem you can't solve is the one that you don't name, right? <laughs> Everything else you got a shot at at least. Sure. Um, but I, I would say that that even more so, like sports offers such an incredible opportunity to learn that very specific lesson because the safety net is there if only in that we you know this confrontation is happening because we're supposedly all moving in the same direction together you know why I'm calling you out right. you know what I mean we, we, we believe in the same things we're going in the same direction maybe not always as clear in like a business say an IT consulting firm who knows sure. but on but in like on this campus with this team there should be that ability to to have those open sometimes difficult conversations yeah. Yeah. I think the other thing too that I've learned um, that I think is an interesting way of approaching that is, you know, I think you can create that layer by, you know, every guy in the team has one goal or one thing they want to be good at. Mm-hmm. It's, and it's sitting on the locker, right? Yeah. And that an easy way to start that conversation is, you know, the senior offensive lineman can look at the sophomore or freshman offensive lineman and say, hey, look, like, is what you're doing, like, 
are you are you achieving that? Yeah. So it shows totally. that there's connection, that there's care, that they're paying attention to each other. You know, so you kind of generate that, mm-hmm. and then all of a sudden, I've seen it, especially with kids here. Like, it makes like you give them a leg up, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Because then that software can look at him and be like, "Well, is are you doing yours, buddy?" Totally. You know, so yeah, you, you create not a false sense of trust. I mean, you you just create like this. There's already a standard. It's already present. It's out mm-hmm. in the open. You can't hide from it. You know, you, you sure. give each you give each because because that sophomore because he's a sophomore doesn't necessarily feel like he's going to say something totally. to the senior. Mm-hmm. Like they both know, like they're both vulnerable. Yep. Right. No, it's true. You give them sort of the uh, you you're equipping them with a a sort of toolbox to have those conversations. It goes back to that. Does your sure. behavior match your goal? It's a it's a um, you can only say that in the presence of a clearly stated goal. Sure. Um, yeah, that's if, they, if they see that kid eating chocolate after dinner, that's right. They're like, dude, what are you doing? <laughs> that's Don't right. call me out. <laughs> exactly. Right? You know, let's exactly. let's work together to get better. You know, the chocolate guy. This kid's gonna love chocolate. It. Kid's gonna listen. become historic for me. I love <laughs> yeah. it. That's pretty funny. Yeah. Um, well, I'll admit. So, what are, what are the next steps? How's the off season going? What are yeah. you thinking about for next year? Um, really getting back to basics in terms of um, conversation. I think that, you know, I've I, I read this awesome book, uh, Legacy. It's about the All Blacks. I strongly recommend Absolutely. it to Oh, yeah. yeah. It's, uh, it's um, really got me thinking a lot about, and again, I said this to you about, about teaching the guys now about those kids that were here before them and not about the 31 games, but about why the 31 games happened. Mm-hmm. Kind of some of the questions you're asking, like, who we became because of that, mm-hmm. right? And understand that the reason that I want them to hold on to it is because th- there's strength from that. Yeah, there were things that we built that, of who we are, the pillars of this program. The, you know, the the that like they don't need to reinvent the wheel, right? You know, like they need to grab grab onto that, appreciate that. Mm-hmm. It's a you know, I think because of our culture, those kids look like I don't want to talk about thirty one losses. Like yeah. that's you know that's. Uh, um, that's the past, you know, that's right. like, that's not me, that's losing. Right. I need to do a better job, like I've said, like we've been talking about, of like, hey, here's what happened during that time. Mm-hmm. Here's what I learned. Yep. You know, and then what I've done is I've had those guys come back mm-hmm. and talk about that experience. Sure. And they'll be the first, the, the best thing that happened is they'll come back and say, I don't want to talk about 31 losses. Yeah. I want to talk about what happened in that time period. Right. You know, right. I'm sitting there. I'm like, I'm, I'll I'll see you guys later. I mean, these are tough skits, right? So they're, yeah, they're bright. They're <laughs> yeah. brilliant. Yeah, they can. They're way more articulate than I am. Uh, and I they um, they're the same guys that sat in the same locker room that hurt. So like, it becomes instantaneous. You can yeah. just see it. Like, so our kids this 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 class this year now this spring I think have a new appreciation for why, you know, here's why we don't. St- we don't when and wherever there's a logo, wherever it is, why we don't step on it. Hmm. It's not yeah. because it's something cool to do, right? Right. It's twofold. One, it's a it's a it's a kind of a, a mental check to say, hey, mm-hmm. look, are you focused? Snap it, right? Right. Yeah. You know, it's an opportunity that if you see one of your teammates about to step on the logo, that hey, you know, yeah. looking out for one of your teammates, yeah, right. And then there's that other part of like, what does that logo represent, and most importantly, who it represents. Yeah. You know, and. Those eleven guys from the class of, you know, twenty fourteen, who only won, one game. Right. The ones that didn't give up, like those guys are 
they're 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 all on the sidelines on Saturdays. Are they every game? The local guy, yeah, yeah. As proud and as committed to it as anybody, for sure. So, you know, like that that that's probably been a lot of the conversation moving forward. Um, again, I think just continuing to get better in as many ways as we can uh, with clarity, focus, attention. You know, I'm a ferocious reader. I love trying to learn as much as I can and, and to get better on, on my own end and just yeah. encourage people around us to do that. You know, I think that's, yeah. you know, I mean, there's a lot out there, obviously. For you know, sure. There's a million books. There's a million people speaking. There's a million mm-hmm. companies and right. podcasts and all that stuff. Yep. I think it's just the, the, the sooner that you can find what you're going to hold on to and get really good at being able to articulate it and yeah. making sure that the people you're taking they understand it, the better. Well, That's... you may have also just answered my last question for you, which is if you, if someone is out there hoping to become, hoping to be sitting in a seat like that sure. someday, yeah. what's the one bit of advice you'd give to them? Yeah. I, um, I think it, uh, <laughs> I think, I think first and foremost, the, the sooner that you can, the sooner that you can get yourself to a place where you know who you are and you know what you want to be, hmm. um, and 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 not be afraid of that, yeah. you know that that you can have clarity for yourself about what your own expectations are for yourself. Mm-hmm. I think it'll help you align a lot quicker with whatever organization, whatever program, whatever coach, whatever group. You'll walk into an interview and be able to ask a head coach three questions and know whether that's a guy you want to work mm-hmm. for or not. Yeah, right. Um, and at the same time, like then when you put the film, let's say you do get the job, then when you put the film on, are your kids doing, you know, are you, are you as a coach and you as a a kid doing, you know, are your kids doing what you're, what, you know, what you wanted when you first said you wanted to do this, right? I think that evaluation of who you are and what you want is super important. Um, I think the coaching profession, as you know, is it's, it's hard, right? And it's hard to get a job and it's hard to keep a job. Um. I think you got to remember why, again, going back to that list about why, mm-hmm. you know, why you're here. Why do you want to coach? Why do you want to do this? Right. You're not going to make any money, right? Right. You know, you're not going to be around your family, right. you know, at least at the college level, as much as you maybe would want. Right. Um, there's going to be a lot of people that disagree with you. There's going to, you know, there's, there's more, there's a lot of things that are going to challenge you. Right. You know, um, at the end of the day, can you walk back out to that field? And I, I say this to every young coach I meet, like, because when I was a young coach, um, a guy who was at BC before me and then was the head coach at Graceland University said to me, he's like, those nights where you, like, when you got nothing, you get, like, you're ready to hang them up. Yeah. He said, where I was at Boston College, he said, walk out on the field and look up into the stands. And if you don't have that same feeling that you did the first day when you showed up there, Mm-hmm. then maybe you got to reconsider, right? Yeah. But in that exercise, you walk out in that field and you feel that same drive, that same energy, and you, you know, you take a deep breath, you take it all in, you refocus, you mm-hmm. know, you recenter yourself and you get your ass back in the in the office and you, yeah. and you do your job. That's right. You know, it's that same thought I had when you asked me, like, how did you, you know, like that, standing on the sidelines, like, right. there was no other place I'd rather be. Mm-hmm. Right. Right? And, and we lost... A ton of games, yeah, right? Like, and it, I, there was no other spot mm-hmm. that I wanted to be. Yeah, with those kids on that field in that environment, with that, with everything. You know, I say it to like, if I knew that all of this was going to happen, you know, when I took the job, yeah, when I was given the opportunity to have this job in 2000, I'd still do it. 
Yeah. As hard as it was, as bad as it was, like, sure, it's awesome, right? That's I mean, the gig. That's that's the job. I'm very lucky. So I, you know, and I think at the end of the day, just be a good person, treat people the right way, you know, um, and uh, you know, just make yourself better and the people around you better. That's that's pretty much it. Pretty sound advice. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I like you, man. Yeah, I appreciate your time. It was awesome. Yeah, thank, no, I appreciate yours. I really do appreciate um, everything that's going on here. I mean, it, we're we're trying to shine a light on things done well, coaching cool. done well, and that and that's why we're here today. Well, so we got, we got, a, we got a great place, great program, great kids. Really, really lucky to have Tufts University, and um, you know, appreciate you, you talking about us and and what we've done here. Really proud Absolutely. of it. So thank you. This episode brought to you by Hand Armor Chalk, the official chalk of USA Weightlifting. They are also the official sponsor of the Illinois High School Powerlifting Association, a partner organization overseen by the Good Athlete Project. We would not support a product we didn't believe in. Check them out at Hand Armor Chalk on Twitter and Instagram.